We're going to be in Mark chapter number 7 this evening, and um, I, I feel bad for the sound guys. I don't have a, a, a title for this. I'm not that organized, but um, we're just going to just title it Mark chapter number 7, and we're going to be starting in verse 24. So there you go. That's a good title. <laughs> and I was talking to Pastor Smith this morning, and I, I'm like, brother, I don't know. This is, we got two stories here. It could be two sermons, but... We, will, we may just get it all in one, so, um, but it'll be, it'll be short, I promise, hopefully. Mark chapter number 7 and verse number 24. I love just reading the stories of the Bible. We can, uh, we can sometimes I can get so caught up in looking for diff, like, uh, deeper meanings. Lord, what are you trying to say to me through this? Or what's, what's going on here? What's, what can, how can I apply this to my life? But sometimes it's good just to step back and look at the Bible as, as a little bit of history, especially right here, how the Son of God walked on this earth. Literally, God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld him, as John says. Can you imagine that? And so this was... This was God the Son walking in flesh, doing these, these miracles that people had never seen before. The, the, the blind received their sight, the lame can walk, the dead were raised to life again. I mean, and so, so I, I want to challenge you to this evening, don't, though we will be trying to make some application, don't, don't try to look too deep in this. Think about Christ and his power. Think about God and, and how he cares for us as a group of people, but not just, not just, it, it's not just for God so loved the world, but Jesus loves even me. So we have a story here, two, two stories, two things that, that really happened, by the way. Um, two individuals whose lives were changed because of Jesus Christ. If you would stand with me as we read in Mark chapter number 7. And we're going to be starting in verse number 24. The Bible says, And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it. So this is Jesus here. And of course, Jesus has been doing, I mean, he's been talking a lot. He's been, been doing all these miracles. And did you know that, I'm sure you knew this, but he, he got worn out sometimes. He was, he was a human, he was, he was wrapped in this human flesh, right? And so he got physically exhausted at times, and this was one of those times, he's just, he went to this house, and he's like, I don't want anybody to know where I'm at. Um, my wife's a little bit of an introvert, <laughs> and sometimes she has those moments. I just want to go, and I don't, know what, I don't want anybody to know where I'm at, just want to be alone. And this was one of Christ's moments, he just wanted to be alone, right? So he entered into this house, and he would have no man know it, it says, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her, out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat, the, eat of the children's crumbs. 
And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come into the house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. We're going to continue verse number 31. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the midst of, I mean, into the Sea of Galilee, and through the midst of the coast of Decapolis, and they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment of speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit, and he touched his tongue, and looked up into heaven, he sighed, and saith unto him, whatever he said, Ephatha. That's a good one. That is, be opened. We understand that a little better. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loose, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this evening, and Lord, for your word. Lord, I thank you for the stories of your word. And I know that, that you had them pinned down in this book right here so that we can learn. So, Father, I pray that you would teach us, Lord, that you would help us to see Jesus this evening. Um, help us to understand our Savior a little better. Lord, strengthen our walk with you. Father, I pray that you would glow us, grow us closer to yourself. We love you, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So, quickly, as we look at this, we have, we have Jesus here, and he performs two miracles to two individuals. Um, and this first one was actually not even to this lady who came to see him, but to her daughter, who was possessed of a devil, right? And so... So we have Jesus here, and again, he had just, um, he had just finished speaking, speaking to crowds. Um, he had finished doing miracles. He had, he had done all of these things, and he was worn out, right? And so he went into this house, and he said that he, just, he was done for a minute. He didn't want anybody to see him, but this, this persistent woman come, comes up to Jesus Christ. And um, the Bible says that she... She fell at his feet. She came and fell at his feet. But then it says something interesting. It gives some specifics about this woman. It says that she was a Greek, and by nation, the nation where she was from was Syrophoenician. So it was a, a Syrophoenician lady. Now, um, she, she goes, now, to us this doesn't make any, any difference, right? But she goes before Christ, and she she asks Jesus to, to heal her daughter, right? To cast out this, this devil. So, okay, so here we have this woman who has a daughter who has a need. And you know Jesus' heart. You've seen Jesus' heart specifically to children, right? He loved children. He said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And so we see Christ in this woman before him at his feet, petitioning that he would cast this devil out of, his, out of her daughter. Now, this is much like the, the, the soldier, the centurion who came to Christ about his servant, right? And said, Lord, you don't even have to come to my house. You just say the words and he'll be healed. And she had that same kind of faith. She didn't bring her daughter. She just simply asked, Lord, would you heal my daughter who's who knows how far away? Just say the words. Heal my daughter. 
cast this devil out. And so in our minds, knowing the compassion that Christ had, knowing the heart that, we, that Christ had, it was in his character, we would say to say, hey, let's, let's do this. Let's heal, let's heal this daughter, right? But what did he say? This, this, this astounds me. Because Christ did not automatically, he didn't immediately heal this, this young lady. Instead, he says, let the children first be filled. Now this, this does not sound like Jesus, right? He says, let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Do you know what Jesus just said right here? Do you know what? He, he, he literally called this woman a dog. Now, does that sound like Jesus? No, it, it really doesn't. Like, I, I've read my Bible. I know Jesus. I know, I know the character of Christ, and this does not sound like him. But he says, it's not neat, it's not proper to, to take the food from the table and to give it to the dogs. And, and, and so what is he saying? Well, the Bible says that, that Christ came not to... He, at, at, his, at first, he didn't come to the Gentiles. In fact, he told his disciples to go not to the Gentiles, to, not to go to the cities of Samaria, but go first to the lost house of Israel. That's what he said. So, so Christ's mission at this time was not targeting the Gentiles. It was targeting the children of Israel. But what does the Bible say? It says that he came into his own. In John, it says that he came into his own I think that's the right reference. And his own received him not. But at this time, that was his target. And so he says, it's not meat. It's not proper. It's not, it's not fitting to take food from my children and give it to, to dogs. It's not right that I, should, that I should neglect the children, the nation of Israel, God's, God's children, and focus on you as a Gentile dog. That's what Christ said. But listen to this, listen to what the response from this lady. She answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord. Look at the humility. <laughs> Lord, you're right. It wouldn't be proper. It wouldn't be right. It's not, it's, I am, he, she is reaching so far above her status as a Gentile. It's not. Who of you, if you had children who were hungry, if you had children who were starving, who of you would take from their plate and give it to a dog? Give it to your, to your pet. Anybody? I mean, we've got a dog, and there's many times that we, that we give them some scraps, right? But it's after our kids are fed, after they're full. And this is what this, the lady realized, and, and in humility she said, yes, Lord, you're right. Yes, Lord, but look at this. But look, at, at one last reach, yes, Lord, but the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Wow. This lady realized that, first off, what God offered to the children of Israel, to the nation of Israel, was so vast, so great, that the crumbs, I mean, it's like the filet, the filet mignon 
of, of, of blessings that he's given to the nation of Israel. You, who can know the riches of, of what Christ offers to them? And yet, he's taken from that plate and he's given us a portion. Even if it's the crumbs. Hey, do you know that the crumbs is enough? Amen. And to this woman, the crumbs were enough. That's all she was asking for. Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's plate. Even me, a dog, Lord. I just want a crumb. I just want just, a, just enough. And Christ answered. Jesus, she, he answered. He said unto her, for this saying, go thy way. The devil has gone out of thy daughter. Another, uh, the, the parallel passage, I believe, is in um, Matthew chapter 15, and he said, um, your faith. He saw the faith, and he said, I, I haven't seen that great of faith in Israel. And it was because of her faith that her daughter was healed. So, so, so stepping back, let's look at this as... Uh, pertaining to us. Because I, I don't know if anybody in here is, is a Jew by descendant. Um, they're, they're of the, the nation of Israel. I'm not. So I would be considered a Gentile, right? So this is, this is me right here. This is you as a Gentile right here. Do you realize that we are, we're literally eating the crumbs because it, was, it wasn't, it, it, from the beginning, God's, the, the, the method in which God would show his power to the world was through the nation of Israel. How many times do we see it in the Bible in the Old Testament that God did something magnificent? He did something mighty through the children of Israel. And the reason was, and you see these words, that they may know, that the world may know that there is a God in Israel. Israel was the trumpet. Israel was God's mouthpiece. Israel was, was, was the, the board in which God displayed himself to the world. But, because of Jesus Christ, and this can be a whole message in and of itself, right? Because of what Jesus Christ has done, in Ephesians, the Bible says that he, he has made of twain one. He's broken down that middle wall of partition that was between us, and he's made of two, two nations Two peoples, the Jews and the Gentiles, he's made one. And now we are the saints of God. Right? And so, he's given us the crumbs, but folks, the crumbs, that's enough. Let me, let me, this, is, this isn't even in my notes, but just, just thinking, because right around this time is when Christ fed the 5,000 with just, with just a few loaves and a few fish, right? Look at how he, he, he multiplied that. So, folks, if we're thinking about some crumbs here, it's not just, this is Jesus-sized crumbs, right? This is, this is not just a couple of, a couple of measly, measly old crumbs. Guys, we are, we are blessed beyond measure. Amen. Anyways, um, what does it say? Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared. I mean, I'll take those crumbs for sure. So we have, back to the story, back to, back to the story, we have this woman who, who goes up to Christ. She, she, she begs for, for God's mercy and his compassion, and Christ freely gave it to her. He said, hey, your daughter's healed. 
because of your faith. So we have this woman who really is a picture of, of, of us as a nation, right? Though this, is, this really happened in her life, and her daughter's life especially was forever changed because of this. But look at that for, as, as us, as a nation of, uh, of, of, of a Gentile people who, who God offers the crumbs to, right? But let's go on here. It says in verse number 31, let's look at this next story, this next miracle that, that Christ does. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis, and they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment of speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. So here, they bring this man to God, and, and to Christ. And Christ says by the, at this time he had already performed so many miracles and all, all he would have to do was, like, like this woman, was, was say a couple of words and she was healed, right? Lay his hands on somebody and they were healed. That's all he had to do. And so they bring this, this deaf person who, who also had a speech impediment. They bring him before God and they're like, hey, Jesus, all you have to do is put your hands on him and he'll be healed. So that's what they asked him. Lord, just put your hand on him. That's all you have to do. Now, could Christ have done that? Absolutely. He'd done it so many times before. I mean, literally, that's all he had to do. What did the woman who had the, um, who had the issue of blood, all she had to do was touch the hem of his garment, and she was healed. So, Christ, Jesus, just put your hand on him. That's all they asked. But look what, look what our Lord does. They bring him that was deaf and had an impediment of speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude. I love this. Because it gives you a picture of how much Christ knows us and how much he cares for us. I don't know if you've ever, if any of you have ever done any, um, any work um, with uh, any ministry with the deaf or have had much interaction with, with anybody who's deaf. I've done uh, work pretty extensively with um, Silent Word Ministries in Georgia and um, had the privilege of working with a lot of deaf. And, and one thing about somebody who's deaf is obviously um, they can't hear, right? And so everything, the way they communicate is through sight. And so if you have a deaf person who who has a multitude around him. What's he doing? I mean, he is so distracted because he's seeing all of these things. He's not focused. I mean, they can't hear. You can't hear if somebody says, excuse me. You can't hear if somebody's coming up behind you, right? And so, I mean, it's, it's, it would be almost impossible for him to stay focused on what was in front of him, even though this is what he wanted, right? I mean, so understanding where this man is, Christ knew. And so he, this, this, if, you, if you take a, a person who is deaf and you put him in the middle of a busy place, I mean, it stresses him out. Rightfully so. Right? And so what did Christ do? He took him aside. He says, hey, come here. Takes him aside to where no one's around. He doesn't have to worry about people around him. He doesn't have to worry about getting out of the way. Christ, in his compassion, in his understanding, he takes this man and he brings him aside. 
And look what Christ does. He, now, uh, okay, who, who is it that created the tongue? Oh, this is an easy one. Come on. It was, it was God, right? He created the tongue. He created the language. And in fact, let me take that a step, fur, a step further. At the Tower of Babel, just like that, he confounded the language, the Bible says. Now, if you've ever tried to learn another language, it's hard. It takes most people at least three years to be able to be somewhat fluent in another language. And God, like that, made how many multiple languages? Right? So God, in his infinite wisdom, I mean, somehow he could have communicated. He could have, he could have talked directly into the mind of this man. He could have done so many different things. He could have simply laid his hand like they wanted to in the first place and healed him. But instead, he communicated to this man in his language. What did he do? Read what, what Christ does here. It says, in verse number 33, he took him aside from the multitude and he put his fingers into his ears. So I, I have to picture this. I have to picture Christ coming and grabbing this man and leading him away so nobody's around. And Christ looks at this man and he just puts his fingers in his ears. Hey, can you hear? What's wrong? So what's Christ doing? He's, he's, he's getting to his level, right? And he's, he's, Christ's desire is to communicate in a way that this man knows what's going on. So Christ touches his ears. Can you hear what's going on? And I could just see this playing out. So Christ touches his ears. Again, communicating to him in his language. But then he goes a step further. Um, it says that he touched his, he put his finger into his ears. Right? If you put your finger in your ears, can you hear anything? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Obviously not. And he spit. And he touched his tongue. Now, I, I'm going to be honest here. Maybe, brothers, maybe Pastor Smith can come and explain this. Because I have no idea what the relevance of, of, of Christ spitting was. I tried to look it up. Some people say that, um, that it, it had to do with, with, with some kind of symbolic healing. I know that in, back in their culture, um, that was actually a, a way that the Jews um, cleansed, their, cleansed their mouth. Like if they would speak of anything idolat idolatrous, before they would go in the temple to worship, they would, they would spit three times to cleanse their mouth. That was a, a tradition that they, that they used. I don't know. I don't know why Christ did it, but he's done that several times. He's, he's, he's done that a couple times in the Bible. Regardless, he spit, and then he put his, but he put his finger on his mouth. Because what, what, else, what else was this guy's problem? He couldn't hear, right? And he couldn't talk. He had a speech impediment. So Christ wanted him to understand, hey, I know what's going on. Christ wanted him to know that he knew his specific needs. He knew, this is Christ, guys, and he's, he's down here just talking one-on-one -on -one to this guy. He's like, I know you can't hear. I know you can't talk. Imagine the excitement that, that this, this man is going to. I'm sure he's, he's, he's somehow, somehow people have communicated to him how Christ has healed before. So, you can't hear, you can't talk, 
and looking into heaven. Look, look at this. So Christ looks into heaven. And he sighs. What, what was God doing? What was he doing here? Okay, put yourself in this place. You can't talk. You can't, you can't hear. So here Christ is. Everything's silent to this man. What did I just say? Who, who's in heaven? Whew, tough crowd. <laughs> Christ wanted him to know that it's God. It's God. God is the one that he should have the faith in. So he looks to heaven. He, he brings this man's focus to heaven. And then he sighs. He sighed and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Can you imagine the first words that you hear is Jesus Christ saying, be opened. And immediately, the Bible says straightway. There wasn't some delay. There wasn't something that this man had to do. But straightway, it says his ears were open and the string of his tongue was loose and he spake plain. Now, I don't know this man's history. The Bible doesn't say. I don't know if he had, he had been able to speak when he was younger. Obviously, he could talk somewhat because the Bible says that he had a speech impediment, Right? So he could talk somewhat, I don't know, but immediately he spake plain. I mean, now there are some, there are some surgeries that people who are deaf can do, colloquial implants, I can't say that right, but it could, if, you're, if you're, somehow they could, they could get it to where you can hear somewhat, and that helps your speech. But even, I have a, a, a good friend who's had that, who's had that procedure done, and even his speech, though, you can tell that they're still, they're still deaf. You can't, they're not, they still don't talk quite right. But this says that he spake plain. I mean, Christ did several miracles here, right? He completely took away his, his deafness. He completely took away this, this, the Bible says that his tongue was loosed, right? And he spake plain. So we have here with a, with a woman who who said, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. We, we know that, that, that Christ's heart, the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to re repentance, right? The, on, a, on a global scale, Christ, his desire, his burden is that all are saved. Jew and Gentile, it doesn't matter. He wants to see every human being before the throne of God. And how many times has he done things? I mean, he died on the cross, right? The The... the the most magnificent thing at all, the, the, the pinnacle of the work of Christ on the cross, he did for the world. So, so this is what he did, the, the dogs, us, eating the crumbs that fall from the master's table as a, as a group, right? But then individually, does Christ ever work in your life? Just you. Nobody else takes you aside from the crowd and says, hey, I want to do something amazing in your life. And this is what he did for this man who couldn't speak, he couldn't hear, he took him, up, took him aside. 
and he did a miracle for him. What an awesome God we serve. Now, we could stop here, but I'm not going to because this is, this is here's, here's message number three. Y'all ready for this? And straightway his ears were open in verse number 35. The string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. Now, this guy, <laughs> this guy didn't just speak, but man, the Bible says that he never stopped. It says, and he charged him. So Christ here. So, so Christ does this miracle. <laughs> Christ does this miracle. He speaks plain now. The guy can hear. He can talk. And Christ, say, and Christ charges him. Don't say anything. <laughs> but, but God, I just got through a lifetime of not saying anything. He says he charged him that they should not tell any man. But the more he charged them... <laughs> the more, so much more, a great deal, they published it. Why isn't, why don't we have that problem? Why don't I have that problem, Lord? (laughs) Think of what Christ has done on your behalf. How that he's, how that he's taken us who are dead in our trespasses and sins, who are alienated from, from the Lord, who, were, who had no hope and without God in the world. And he's brought us into his family. And he's adopted us. And he's, and he's opened up the gateway of heaven. And we have all access, the Bible says, to... to, to um, Oh, man, that rug is going to kill me. I did that last time. Ephesians, I I love the book of Ephesians. I know I've said that before. So let me read the passage here. Again, think of what Christ has done to us. It says, blessed be the, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, here it is, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Look at what he has given to us. And yet, and, and yet he has to, He has to prod us with a hot iron just to get us to say one thing about him. This man, who who Jesus healed a physical ailment, he couldn't get him to stop. But he's taken us from hell and offered us heaven. He's taken all of our sins upon himself that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And yet we won't say a thing. Woe is us. He has given us the crumbs from the master's table. This challenges me. I'm, I'm, this, is, this, this was not in my notes either, but, but the, the Lord is speaking to my heart right now. Michael, why aren't you going? Why aren't you publishing it even more? Folks, the, how does it say, the love of Christ constrains us. Let his love, let what he did for you compel you to publish it even more. 